You have just entered the Liberty Lighthouse, where we cut through the fog of politics with common sense and logic. Coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence. Here he is, author of the book, Progress, Really? U.S. Navy veteran and your host, Peter Serafine. Welcome, my fellow patriots and freedom fighters. I am Peter Serafine, host of the Liberty Lighthouse, and this is the episode for Friday, June 26th. Plan to talk a lot about how the uh, progressive movement that we see right now today with all of the protests and such, well, just how all of that so closely aligns with the Communist Manifesto and... Well, basically every communist revolution in the history of the world, I don't understand why more people aren't jumping up and down and screaming this. But anyway, I see it. It's how I view what's going on. So I'm going to share my thoughts with you. Um, that's enough of an intro. Why don't we just dive right in? Welcome to the Liberty Lighthouse. With your Liberty Lighthouse keeper. Your beacon of common sense. Your wiki, if you will. Peter Serafine. We urge you to join the conversation by calling 64-MY-RIGHTS. That's 646-974-4487. And sign up to be a member at liberty-lighthouse.com. Yes, please call and text with your questions, comments, and concerns. Uh, That is greatly appreciated. I want to start with something that I haven't seen mentioned in the news at all, anywhere. Everything in the news has, I mean, for months it was about COVID, and now it's all about the the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa and looting and rioting, protests and, well, just stuff. I have not seen one mention of the elections coming up this November except for President Trump's election and Joe Biden, President Trump, Joe Biden, the presidential election. Really? That seems kind of odd to me, considering that like 88% of Congress is up for re-election. And we already know that Congress has more control over government than the president does. So obviously our government is broken. Why? Isn't the media talking about that? All of the House of Representatives and a third of the Senate is up for election. I haven't seen a whole lot from the RNC, the DNC, or any other political group about the, the uh, con- congressional elections. It's all about the presidential election. And honestly, I think that's on purpose. I think Congress continues to constantly make these, uh, well, they, what I basically fake stories. They, they make these, these dramatic things for the news and make everything that they do or say so dramatic so that we don't remember that they're all up for re-election. Or 88% of them, a vast majority of them are up for re-election this year. That, to me, is far more important than who's in the White House. This is just another example of the news media ignoring stories that don't fit their political narrative. 
So, for example, let's stay on that for just a second. The, the political, or I'm sorry, the news stories that don't fit political agendas. So, uh, it's, it's been all this about Black Lives Matter and George Floyd, and nobody is really talking about the 12 other people that have been killed in the civil unrest since George Floyd. 12 other people that were killed, like, in riots and looting. That isn't getting a whole lot of attention. And let's see, what else? Well, haven't seen a whole lot of coverage about uh, the violence in Chicago over Father's Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend was horrible. And then now in uh, Father's Day weekend, just last weekend, 104 people were shot in Chicago. 15 of those shot uh, died. 15 of them were, were fatally shot. And according to NPR, Chicago has the strictest gun laws in our country. But yet 104 people were shot over the weekend. See, that doesn't fit the narrative. That doesn't fit into guns are bad. We need to ban guns, gun control. The gun control agenda doesn't work when you point to the places that have the most gun control also have the highest murder rates. So nobody in the mainstream news really wants to talk about that. Another thing that doesn't really fit into the uh, political narrative agenda that, that's trying to be forced upon us uh, is the, the police reform bill that is basically hung up in Congress right now. So the Senate was the first to put together their police reform bill, and it it doesn't do a whole lot of government regulation. It does a lot of encouraging and, you know, even a little bit of bribing, which is how the federal government is supposed to work most of the time. Encourage states to do things this way, not regulate the crap out of them. So anyway, so this bill gets put up and, you know, the uh, the House Democrats are, are yelling that it's it's doesn't really do much of anything, and it was a waste of time. But the Senate Democrats, the Senate, 45 Senate Democrats have voted to end discussion on the police reform bill. Not voted, you know, that it didn't pass. Not voted that it can't go to the next committee. Voted to completely end discussion of the police reform bill in the Senate. That's how important police reform is, apparently, to the uh, Democrats in the Senate. The House Democrats, they say this one didn't go far enough. It was, it was you know, basically just a, a I don't know, a, a token measure to try to quell unrest or something. I don't know what they're thinking. But, of course, the House wants to control everything we do, so they're going to come down with a police reform bill of their own, that is going to be far overstepping and regulated and uh, well, it won't get anywhere in the Senate. And that's the way our politics is today because Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer can't get along with Mitch McConnell and vice versa. Nothing gets accomplished. And that's why I brought up first that all of the House of Representatives and a third of the Senate are all up for election this year. Replace them all. 
do not vote for an incumbent unless you know darn well what they've been voting for, how they're voting on these issues, and that you support that. If you're not sure, vote for somebody new. Because honestly, you know, Joe Schmo off the street can't possibly do any worse than what these schmucks that have been there for 40 years are doing. Ah, look at this. I'm like five minutes in and I'm already getting ticked off. All right, I have to be honest with you. I've been a little salty all day. I got some uh, news at work that, that uh, well, it kind of hurts. So if I uh, start screaming and cussing, I'm sorry. And uh, let's move on. I had originally intended to have a, uh, a guest today, host of another podcast, Joe's Common Sense Podcast. I like Joe's podcast. He has a very similar thought process to mine, very common sense as he looks at the issues generally only talks about one issue per episode and only they're like a little short 20 minute episodes. So I really like his show. So I reached out to him to see if he'd want a guest on mine. And he said, sure, but schedules didn't work out. So we're going to try again to record in the next couple of days. And hopefully I'll have that for you for next weekend. Not sure what I'm going to talk with him about though, because we were going to talk about how the Antifa, BLM, progressive left, far left, basically lines up with everything socialist that's ever been printed or attempted in the world. So I'm going to cover that without him. Hope it's not too boring for you. I do have a couple of sound bites that'll help us along the way. Okay, so let's start with the statues. What's going on in the world? Hundreds of statues and monuments are being torn down across our country and vandalized and destroyed and burned and rolled in the lakes. Like literally hundreds of statues. Now, if these were all statues of Confederates or slave owners, I, I could understand. It would at least fit with the protests. But they're not. They're, they're um, destroying you know, monuments to Ulysses S. Grant, the Union general for the Civil War, the one who well, you could almost say was the general responsible for ending slavery. Abraham Lincoln monuments have been destroyed. Obviously, the president who signed the Eman- Emancipation Proclamation. And of course... We all saw Columbus. My, one of my personal favorites, and completely sarcastic, um, was the Massachusetts 54th Volunteers, the all-black regiment for the Union Army during the Civil War that the movie Glory is based on. That got vandalized. Uh, George Washington, yeah, he was a slave owner. But man, he was a great man. He was a f- wonderful leader. He led the Army in the Revolution without accepting payment at all. And when he was, was elected president, a job that he really didn't want, he didn't want to take money for that. But Congress told him he had to. So, I mean, yeah, he owned slaves. A whole lot of people owned slaves back then. We have to stop looking at history with modern morality glasses on our heads. All right, moving on. Other ones. Uh, 
Texas Ranger Memorial was was vandalized. The World War One and World War Two memorials have been vandalized. Hans Christian Haig, famous abolitionist, had had his memorial damaged and vandalized. Um, another Matthias Baldwin, another abolitionist and outspoken critic of slavery. He had his stuff vandalized. Uh, the Armenian Genocide Memorial? What does that have to do with The First Responders Sculpture? The Soldiers and Sailors Monument? The Polish War Heroes Statue? And another one of my favorites, Mahatma Gandhi. They vandalized a statue of Mahatma Gandhi. Who does that? What purpose does that serve? It's Mahatma Gandhi. We, we all know who that is, right? The guy who starved himself for a cause. The, the complete and utter pacifist who spent years in jail. Why is this happening? This isn't about police brutality anymore. This isn't about Black Lives Matter anymore. They're, they're vandalizing statues of abolitionists. You know why I think it's happening? Well, George Orwell said it. Who controls the past controls the future, and who controls the present controls the past. And right now, the progressive movement is trying really hard to control the past, which would give them control of the future. And if, you know, maybe you don't like George Orwell as much as I do. I can quote George Orwell almost any time in almost any situation. But, you know, there's, there's newer ones too. There's more modern people, nobodies who are becoming famous. Here's a Venezuelan who's getting tons of attention on social media. I'm talking millions and millions of views. Why do I even worry about some silly little statues coming down or some silly little street names changing? Why do I care? It's because the last time I didn't care about this, I was a teenager. I have already lived through this thing when I was living in Venezuela. Statues came down, Chavez didn't want that history displayed, and then he changed the street names, then came the curriculum, then some movies couldn't be shown on certain TV channels, and so on and so forth. Did you hear what she said? Chavez tore down the statues because he didn't want history displayed. Then he changed the school curriculums. Then he started controlling what was and was not on television. Does any of this sound familiar? Do we remember Venezuelan history? Do we all remember that just a couple of decades ago, Venezuela was the most wealthy country in South America, one of the most wealthy countries on the planet? And then socialism. And now their money isn't worth crap and their people are eating pets and zoo animals and whatever critter they can find because there's no food, because they're all poor because of socialism. This young lady in that little video gets it. She didn't pay attention the first time around because she was a teenager. She didn't care. 
But now that she's seeing it again, now that she's an adult, she recognizes the pattern. Why don't we all recognize this pattern? I really don't understand that. I don't understand why news media, left, right, and center, aren't pointing this out. This is exactly what happened in Venezuela. And what's, you want to finish that, that young lady's uh, recording here. I forgot. There's a little bit more. You guys think it can happen to you? I've heard this so many times. But always be on guard. Never believe something can't happen to you. You need to guard your country and your society or it will be destroyed. We didn't believe it could happen to us. Us Venezuelans, Cubans warned us. And we're like, Venezuela, we know what freedom is like. That's not going to happen here. Yet it happened. And there's clearly a lot of people wanting to destroy the U.S. You get that? Did you, did you hear all of that? The Cubans tried to warn the Venezuelans. But the Venezuelans said, oh, no, we understand freedom. That can't happen here. Does this sound familiar? Anybody? I am glad that this young lady's little TikTok video or whatever that was is getting the attention that it's getting. I am glad that millions of people have seen it. And I am happy to put it on this show because she is calling for you and I to protect our rights more than most Americans are doing, people that were born in America. This is somebody from Venezuela who's been through it saying, hey, I recognize this pattern. Wake up, people. Okay. Need a subject change. What about Antifa? Antifa. I'm not sure what's the proper way to pronounce it. And to be quite honest, I don't really care. The anti-fascists that are, mm, no, they are fascist, but we'll get into that. They are basically the, the uh, well, the, the stormtroopers of the progressive movement. They are the militant enforcers of the progressive movement. So, what other revolutions in our world have used street thugs like this? Well, let's see. Mussolini had the black shirts in Italy, and Hitler had the brown-shirted stormtroopers before he actually, you know, had the the you know, dictator title. He had the stormtroopers, the brown-shirted stormtroopers that went out and beat up people if they weren't behaving properly. And by properly, I mean how they wanted them to behave. Does this sound familiar? Have you seen the videos of people that are getting beat up because of what hat they're wearing? I think it's time that we start referring to um, Antifa as stormtroopers. Let's I mean, we know that's what they are. It's obvious. It's right there in front of our faces. So why don't we just start using the word? I mean, I see it. Can't you see it? What else? Let's see. Hmm, what other communist revolutions have ties here? Oh, let's. What, what's going on right now? This whole defund the police and ban the police and get rid of the police. 
well, where has that happened before? Uh, 1917 Russia. The Bolsheviks, one of the first things they did was to take over the police forces and get rid of the police forces. And then shortly thereafter, they got rid of the government. And shortly thereafter, they became the largest communist country on the planet. The USSR. Remember that? So the Bolshevik Revolution attacked police. Mussolini and Hitler had, you know, militant street thugs wearing black and brown, depending on which country you're in. And all of them tore down statues and monuments and changed their histories. And the, the young lady from Venezuela pointed out that they did change school curriculums. They controlled what was on what you could and couldn't see on TV. They're like, oh, they want to get rid of Gone with the Wind, even though uh, Hattie McDaniels was the first black woman to ever receive an Oscar. But now you're not going to show her movie anymore. Or, you know, take away Elmer Fudd's shotgun, even though Elmer Fudd's shotgun is a hunting weapon. And I thought even the progressives were okay with hunting weapons. So they, you lied to us. Is that progressives lied to us. They said they were okay with hunting weapons, but now they're trying to get rid of hunting weapons. Hmm. I think maybe somebody had pointed that out before. Uh, I talked about the Communist Manifesto in an early episode of the Liberty Lighthouse, episode 7 or 8, something like that. And remember the 10 steps of the Communist Manifesto. The first thing that Karl Marx and Friedrich Engel did in the book, or the manifesto of the Communist Party, the first thing that they did was divide people. They divided them into two groups, the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. So that was the first thing they did, was divide people. Then they've got all the steps. And some of those steps are you know, uh, a progressive income tax, like we have in America. State-controlled free education for children, like we have in America. Destroying the family. Destroying God. So that we, the people, only have the government to look up to. We have no God to turn to. We have no family to support us. We have to turn to the government. Does that Sound familiar? I mean, how many churches have been burned? You don't burn a church. Even if you're atheist, you don't burn a church. The only way you burn a church is if you're evil. And I mean that. I don't mean, ooh, a bad person. I mean flat-out evil. I'm not a religious guy, but I understand the value and the power of religion. In order to burn a church, you have to be evil. That's all there is. I'll say it as many times as I think necessary. You have to be evil to burn a church. But it's all part of the communist takeover. Socialist revolution. These are all things to draw your attention away from the fact that 88% of Congress is up for re-election in a few months. Divide and conquer. Who divides us? Well, if you 
if you say black Americans and Hispanic Americans, you're dividing us. Because we're Americans. We're Americans first. Hey, you know what? That reminds me. There's a, a DJ on, on the Mojo Five O radio network. Um, let's see. It wasn't Stanley Levy. Um, shoot. Can't think of who it was right now. Anyway, they, they refer to people by American first and then color. So American blacks, American Jews, American Hispanics. I thought that was a pretty neat idea. Oh, it was uh, Watson Pinier. So good job, Watson. Keep it up. And, oh, look, my God, running up on break. Going to have to go. Be back shortly. We'll finish. i uh, got more ranting to do. You're listening to the Liberty Lighthouse. Join the conversation now. Just call 64-MY-RIGHTS. That's 646-974-4487. You are listening to the Liberty Lighthouse Podcast. Hey, welcome back. Uh, Where were we? We were talking about, well, uh, how the progressive movement of today is the communist movement in every place the communist has been tried. So... You don't think that the progressive movement is communist, socialist, using those rules and those guidelines? Well, some of them even are honest about it and say it right out loud. I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, We... uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. And I think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many black folk. Did you get all that? That was Patrice Cullors, one of the co-founders of the Black Lives Matter movement. Did you hear what she said? We are trained Marxists. Marxism is communism. So I have a couple of questions there. A, does she know what she's saying? And why on earth would she be willing to say that out loud with zero fear of of it being a bad thing? And B, who trained her? How do you become a trained Marxist? What exactly does that mean? Another Black Lives Matter leader uh, from New York, recently all over the news, because he had said in a uh, rally that if the country doesn't give them what they want, they're going to burn the system down. Now, in interviews, he backtracked to say whether that was figurative or literal. He wouldn't say himself which one it was. Black Lives Matter, as far as I can tell, everything I look at has completely lost its focus. Black Lives Matter is outraged doing all of these protests because of George Floyd. George Floyd's murder was horrible and horrific, and it's worth protesting about. But then to have riots and looting in your protests that kill 12 more people, well, that's not right. And they say that this is all about 
systemic racism. And who is the system? That's the rest of us, everybody. So if it's systemic racism, then destroy the system. You want to look at what really is systemic racism that Black Lives Matter doesn't seem to even acknowledge? Well, according to protectingblacklife.org, 79% of the Planned Parenthood abortion clinics, not just the Planned Parenthood clinics in general, but the ones who actually perform surgical abortions, 79% of them are in predominantly black neighborhoods. So, unborn black lives must not matter, right? And I I mentioned last week, you know, there are 40 million slaves in the world today. How many of them are black, and why doesn't Black Lives Matter ever speak out about those? And then, according to even the FBI statistics, that blacks kill 10 times as many other blacks every year than white skill blacks. Now, it's also true that whites kill 10 times more whites than they kill blacks. Like Black on black crime accounts for 10 times as many deaths as white on black crime. So where's the outrage against your own if your movement is called Black Lives Matter, apparently they only matter when it's in reference to police involvement. It just doesn't seem right to me. Maybe that's the way I see it because that's all the news talks about. Maybe BLM does protest and, and fight all of these other systemic racist policies in all of these other countries and and organizations but if they do nobody knows about it that doesn't get national news media coverage where do our two major political parties stand on the issues of the riots and the looting and the hundreds of statues being torn down nancy pelosi hasn't said much anything about it joe biden was asked by i forget which news agency but he was asked for a statement his his campaign was asked for a statement and wouldn't give one. Why wouldn't you give a statement about criminal destruction of both public and private property? That seems pretty cut and dry. The modern progressive movement is following the exact playbook of Karl Marx and Frederick Engel of the Communist Manifesto. They're following the exact timeline of events as almost every communist revolution in the history of the world. Does this mean that I'm suggesting that every progressive out there is a communist? That your neighbor and friend who happens to be progressive is a communist? Absolutely not. If your neighbor and friend is one of those members of the thought police who is offended by absolutely everything, if, if, if your neighbor is offended by a bottle of pancake syrup, or if your neighbor is offended by a box of rice in a grocery store shelf, then, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe your neighbor is a communist because they're really bought in. They're, 
part of the thought police process. They're part of the problem. If your neighbor just believes that we need to change, that our government needs to uh, take on a more progressive worldview, but isn't one of these violent protesters, isn't one of these people who is offended by everything, then no, your friend and neighbor isn't a communist either. What I'm trying to say is, just like government, who takes on a life of its own, the progressive movement has taken on a life of its own. And that life happens to be communist. Are the individual members communists? Mostly not. But the organization as a whole has become communist. It's also become mob rule. I mean, that's plainly obvious all across the country that uh, these protests and riots and looting and tearing down statues and vandalism, that is being done because of mob rule. And I have said, since I started this show, pure democracy is mob rule. So if you're a Democrat today and you want pure democracy, you want to get rid of the electoral college and you want one vote from one person to count and and everybody to be elected by popular vote, look around the streets and see if you still agree with that idea. Turn on the news and watch all of these statues being torn down, stores being vandalized, Stores being broken into, looted and robbed. People being murdered in the streets. And uh, Tell me again if you still think mob rule is a good idea. Are there systematic changes that, that really do need to be made? Or at least should be made? I don't think there's anybody on the planet who would disagree that we could always be better. Just ask yourself, what are the changes that need to be made? Do we need to be tearing down statues of Gandhi and American war memorials and abolitionists like Hans Christian Haig? Or maybe do we need to relook at the war on poverty? LBJ's war on poverty from 1964, where our country has spent billions upon billions of dollars and hasn't really lifted a bloody person out of poverty hasn't changed the poverty line at all but we keep just throwing money in there government's job should not be to give handouts to able-bodied people government's job might include helping able-bodied people raise themselves out of poverty but just handing them money is not the way to do that. You give anyone anything, and they become dependent on it. They don't want to give it up, and will, well, they'll do some pretty shady stuff to keep getting it. The war on poverty has been an abject failure. And I would argue that the, well, what what the BLM movement sees as racism has more to do with poverty than color. Over-policing is one of the arguments they made. All the police are in the black neighborhoods. Well, if we replace the word black with poor 
And is that still true? All the police are in the poor neighborhoods? Well, yeah. Because unfortunately, poverty is where crime happens. Not all crime, obviously, but a large majority. So rather than looking at everything as being about race, look at some of the other factors involved. Just because two people interact and they happen to have different skin color doesn't mean that the outcome is racist. Whether it's intentional or not, this is just further division. We have to be divided. For some reason, the puppet masters are pulling all the right strings to keep we the people as divided as possible. They have us divided into rural folk versus city folk. They have us divided as to black and white. They have us divided as illegal or legal. They have divided in any way they can. They're even trying to divide us in, into COVID and not COVID. Mask wearers or not mask wearers. Liberal conservative. These powerful puppet masters are trying to keep us as divided as possible in as many ways as possible. You're either for the police or against the police. You're either for Black Lives Matter or you're a racist. Everything they can possibly do to divide we the people. Why is that? Why would anybody want to keep the citizens of a nation divided? Well, there's Sun Tzu's uh, idea from The Art of War. Divide and conquer. There's Abraham Lincoln's message that a, a house divided amongst itself cannot stand. So why are we allowing these puppet masters to divide us the way we are? Is that because well, we, we've given up on real education? We now teach an agenda? Is, is that because the media has taken over, been taken over and now teaches an agenda, reports an agenda? Do these pus, puppet masters really want communism in our country or do they just want more control and communism is the easiest way to get it or do they really honestly not even see the parallels to what's going on in our country today to the communist revolutions throughout the world i mean is it possible these folks are really that blind that they don't see it or are they arrogant enough to think like the young lady from Venezuela said, oh no, that can't happen here. Well, it's happening here. Look around, open your eyes. The, the parallels could not be more, more clear. It's going on and it's starting to get scary. The United States of America was never supposed to be a government that provided everything for their people. The United States of America was a government set up to allow personal freedom, personal liberties, give you the power and the choice to be successful yourself. It was never supposed to guarantee 
that you'd be successful. Government's job is not to guarantee anything other than the God-given rights. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, the right to keep and bear arms against those who might do you harm, including the people who are not allowing you to have your freedom of speech and freedom of religion. You have the right to own property, but that doesn't mean that the government needs to be giving you stuff. You have the right to vote, but that doesn't mean that the government should have to come hold your hand and make sure that you do it. Go out and vote. It's your right. It's your responsibility. 88% of Congress is up for re-election. Why is that not the number one news story in every news outlet of this country? I'm going to make a couple of predictions. I am sure that these predictions have been made by others because I think they're just blatantly obvious. So I can't imagine that somebody with a bigger microphone than mine, somebody on television or Somebody with a massive following, not just some average guy with a podcast, would make these predictions. Somebody had to make these predictions already. Number one, after this November, when we know who's going to be in Congress, who's going to have control of the House and the Senate, COVID-19 will be used by the progressive members of Congress as the flag-waving anthem for Medicare for All or socialized medicine or some form of single-payer health care. I mean, it's already been done a little bit, but I mean, this is going to be the, the new thing for the progressive movement. It will be the one rally point, I guess, for the progressive movement. Prediction number two is that the Wuhan flu COVID-19 shutdown will also be the rally point, the battle cry for guaranteed minimum income. Remember what that is? That's, that's where, where the government just gives everybody a, a wage just for being alive. This will be the new push. And there'll be the top two items on the progressive agenda. Guarantee it. Guaranteed middle income is, is welfare for all. And it's ridiculous. You are not guaranteed an income. You're guaranteed the right to go earn your own damn income. Government needs to be reminded at by force if necessary. Government needs to be reminded that every time they spend money, they are spending our tax dollars. They have spent us into the hole worse than anybody could ever have imagined in the last few months. And I have yet to see anybody try to do 
any spending cutbacks in any not essential areas. Is that more of the desire to divide us? To just keep spending until complete and utter economics collapse and failure and the Great Depression round two comes around so that the government can swoop in just like they did the first time and spend trillions and trillions more money that we don't have? Is that all part of the idea of expanding government by use of communism if necessary? Are, they, are all of these things intertwined? That's my fear. My fear is that this really is a, a communist push by some puppet master somewhere who has got everybody working against each other and divided everybody into groups, but it's the same puppet master above all of the groups. That, that's my fear. Am I conspiracy enough conspiracy minded enough to think that that's the truth eh, not really but it would make sense wouldn't it think back to Karl Marx and Frederick Frederick Engels read the Communist Manifesto again remember the ten enumerated steps or as he called planks in order to topple a government the the one the first step that isn't one of the ten was to raise the proletariat the working class to ruling party and then from there on it's it's numbered obvious steps so the abolition of property and land applications and all rents to of land to public purposes you know going around tearing down statues and such, well, hey, you're destroying public property, so that kind of ties in there. How about landlords being forced to let you stay in their houses without paying rent? That kind of fits in there, too. Step number two is a heavy progressive income tax, and we've had that since 1913. It didn't start out as a heavy income tax, but it is now. Number three, abolishing all the rights of inheritance, Hey, that sounds an awful lot like you've got to pay for what your granddaddies did. Number four is confiscation of all the the property of, of rebels and immigrants. And like I said before, if you're not a communist, then you're the rebel. Number five is the centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank, i.e., the Federal Reserve, who is now printing money that it doesn't have, has no backing whatsoever, and putting us so far in debt that it's absolutely ridiculous. Number seven, the extension of factories as instruments of production owned by the state. Which party has made the idea, the suggestion? That, oh, yeah, uh, Bernie Sanders and his communist friends and communist push on the progressive side has blatantly said, we should just take over this stuff. We only need one paper towel company and one deodorant company. We don't need 15. The last part of step seven is the improvement of the soil generally in accordance with the common plan. Wow. 
that sounds an awful lot like the Green New Deal. Let's, you know, screw you out of having your freedom of having a car because the common good needs you to cut your emissions back. Being forced by the government to do these things sounds an awful lot like step seven. Step eight, equal liability of all to labor in industry and and armies and agriculture at state direction, of course. Equal liability of all to labor, not equal right of all to labor. See the difference there? You have the right to go work. You have the right to have a job. Communist says you have to work. Number nine, the combination of the agriculture and manufacturing industries, the gradual abolition of the distinction between town and country. The dis- abolition of the distinction between town and country. The bigger and more powerful our federal government grows, the less difference there really is between states and towns. Why are we allowing that? Number 10, free education for all children in public schools. Yeah. How long have we been doing that in America? We've been doing it for a really long time. When did the federal government get involved with public schools? When did the uh, Federal Department of Education become a thing. Jimmy Carter signed the uh, bill that created the U.S. Department of Education. Signed it in 1979. It became a thing in 1980. So since 1980, our bloated federal government has been in control of the education of our children and has had a lot of control over the education of the young people in college, too. For what purpose? For what goal? Well, it looks to me like that goal was to turn a turn people progressive. To turn the masses of young people into progressive activists, ignoring that our country is founding uh, founded on personal freedoms and instill that greater good mentality, but not through a sense of morality, or not through the idea of right and wrong. No. Now they put this sense of greater good in that uh, you have to do this or you're a fascist. You have to get a green car or you're fascist. You have to think that we have to save the planet and the Green New Deal is the only way to do it or you're a fascist. You have to believe that racism exists to an astonishing level here in America or you're a fascist. I don't understand how anybody 
is falling for this progressive slash communist movement? How are people not seeing right through the push for more power and more control? That's all it really is. Vote them out. All of them. 88% of Congress is up for re-election. Anybody who has been there for more than two terms needs to be replaced. It's the only way we're going to get back to a, a representative democracy where the people actually are represented and their, their issues taken care of at a federal level. Look them up. Look up your candidates. Do isidewith.org. Do whatever you can to find out how these candidates stand and vote in new ones with the desire to still do things right. Protect your rights. Protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. Thanks for listening to the Liberty Lighthouse Podcast. Be sure to sign up at liberty-lighthouse.com to download Peter's free ebook from the file share page. And don't forget to call 64-MY-RIGHTS to leave comments for the show. That's 646-974-4487. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about Liberty Lighthouse. And wherever you listen, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated.